This weekend is pay-per-view time again with what the UFC marketing machine is rightfully calling the biggest, baddest rematch. Stipe Miocic seeks to defend his belt against an old adversary, the scariest man of all the mans, Francis Ngannou. There's a fun undercard to look at as well with some interesting matchups and some fan favorite returns, so let's just dive right in. I'm Max from MMA On Point and this is the UFC 260 Breakdown. A moment first though to discuss The Fallen. The fights that were deemed just too tasty by the MMA gods for our mortal eyes and were scratched off the card. The UFC's resident madman and my personal favorite whiskey, Johnny Walker, was set to battle against the always dangerous Aussie, Jimmy Crute. This fight between ranked light heavyweights would have decided who moved upwards towards title contention and would have made for some really interesting fights in that upper echelon. But Johnny Walker tore his pectoral muscle off the bone, ouch, and was forced to have surgery. Jimmy Crute has been rescheduled though to fight Anthony Lionheart-Smith at UFC 261. And of course, the co-main event, we lost another championship bout to the COVID curse. Featherweight champ Alexander Volkanovsky was set to take on Brian Ortega, who of course won this title opportunity by demolishing the Korean zombie. Sadly, the UFC announced this one was cancelled due to coronavirus concerned, and it was later revealed that Volkanovsky did in fact test positive for COVID once he arrived in Las Vegas. Now let's all dry our eyes and move on towards the fights that we will get to watch. First up, let's take a look at Mikhail Oleksiychuk versus Modestus Bukowskis. This one's a European banger and battle of the unspellable names between two men who have stuttered on their road to UFC contendership. Mikhail Oleksiychuk came into the UFC as the Thunder Fight League world champion, which I think technically makes him a Power Ranger. Starting his UFC career with two gorgeous knockouts, including a brutal body shot KO of Jan Vellante, the pole has since slipped to two submission losses. Similarly, Modestus Bukowskis came into the UFC as the Cage Warriors champion, and after an impressive finish in his first fight, lost his second by knockout. These two at one point represented the creme de la creme of the European regional scene. Both are fantastic prospects and finishing machines. Between the two of them, there is only one decision in their last 20 fights. Seriously, it is murder city from top to bottom on their records. But it seems like they both walked into a bit of a brick wall after finally coming to the UFC and facing the best in the world. Which of them is going to move towards ranked contendership? If Oleg Sheshuk comes up on the wrong side of this one, it will be three losses in a row. But BetOnline's sportbook has him as the slight favorite at minus 160 to Bukowskis' plus 140. Interesting battle here with a lot on the line between two lads who do not like going to the judges. Don't blink. To bantamweight next, and let's have a look at Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. Here we have a battle between two of the most hyped prospects of the 2010s. Sugar Sean O'Malley took the UFC by storm as the star of Dana White's Contender Series after coming off his massive knockout on the show. Two wins into a promising UFC career though, he was TKO'd by USADA who kept him out of the cage for two years after a failed drug test for Osterine, which was later determined to be caused by a tainted supplement. Storming back into the cage with two first round knockouts, O'Malley then suffered his first career loss to Cheeto Vera when the calf kick meta struck again and his ankle just sort of stopped working. Since then, O'Malley has polarized fans on social media by continuing to claim an undefeated status. Almeida had a similarly meteoric rise coming into the UFC as Legacy FC Champion in 2015. 
He waltzed through his first four opponents in style, including a flying knee knockout of Brad Pickett. Unfortunately, he then ran headlong into a future UFC champion freight train named Cody Garbrandt. Since then, Almeida has struggled, losing to some of the best in the division like Rob Font and Jimmy Rivera, and is currently sitting at 1-4 in his last five. A loss here would leave Almeida on a four-fight losing streak, which in the UFC traditionally doesn't bode well for your job prospects. O'Malley is currently a considerable favorite, setting at minus 320, with Almeida a plus 270 underdog. Which is pretty understandable considering Almeida's losing streak and the controversial nature of O'Malley's first loss. Either way, both men have a point to prove in this one. They are both technical, flashy knockout artists. It's definitely one to watch. On to welterweight now, and we're looking at Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque. Speaking of men with a point to prove, less than three years ago, Tyron Woodley was four defenses into his welterweight title reign. His one-shot knockout power was genuinely feared as it was the thing that felled the mythical Robbie Violence. It was even showing new streaks in his offensive grappling game, which was already dangerous, with a dust choke over hot undefeated prospect Darren Till. Flash forward to now, he is three dominations deep in the losing column, and Dana White has publicly asked him to retire. Oh. Woodley's looking to stay afloat in the UFC against Vicente Luque, who in my opinion is one of the most underrated guys in the sport. Other than his fights from the tough house, since coming into the UFC, Luque has lost to two men. Leon Edwards and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Except for those losses who were against legitimate top 5 talents, Vicente Luque has 12 UFC wins. With submissions and knockouts galore, Vicente Luque has definitely graduated from hot prospect to legitimate top 10 contender. And a win over a former champion like Woodley could push him closer to that title. Woodley has looked uninspired, uninterested and lost for his last 3 fights. Can he turn it around to save his career? The former champion is an underdog at plus 210, while Luque sits at minus 250. Which is proof, if it were even needed, of how the betting public feels about Tyron Woodley's sharp decline. And last but not least, for all the marbles, let's go on to Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou 2. For the big gold belt for the large man championship of the world, we have a rematch that everyone seems to have an opinion on. Everywhere you look online this week, it seems like everyone is 100% certain that their pick is going to dominate this fight. Either Francis's pure power will be too much for Stipe, or the champion's diverse skill set and experience will prevail. But to analyze this fight, we really need to look back at the first one. At UFC 220, Francis Ngannou was the boogeyman at heavyweight. He just sent Alistair Overeem's chin into space and he looked like the African Arnie. He was the favorite, even coming in against Stipe who was the champion, coming in for his UFC record fourth heavyweight title defense, and was starting to be talked about as maybe the greatest heavyweight who ever lived. After a dangerous first round where Ngannou proved he can still take your head off even when he's moving backwards, he slowed down. And Stipe executed maybe the greatest piece of technical game planning we've ever seen from a heavyweight. Bullying Ngannou on the ground, weighing his head and neck down to exhaust him, the champion retained 50-44 on all three scorecards. He dragged Ngannou to his world and he drowned him there. So what has Ngannou changed since then? We spoke to Francis's coaches to get an in-depth look at his camp written by the Irish Shakespeare himself, Peter Carroll. And after you've watched this, you should definitely go and have a look at that if you haven't already. In it, we hear how Ngannou has adjusted his camp from the last bout. It seems like his confidence is at an all-time high, and the camp, as you might have expected, was grappling and cardio-focused. For Stipe's part, you'd think he kind of just wants a repeat, the same again. Head movement, single leg takedowns, shooting the double when Francis doesn't expect it. 
keeping the big man down. However, let's remember, Stipe hasn't exactly been sat on his laurels since the first Nganu fight. Three battles with Daniel fucking Cormier, a series that Stipe won decisively with his performance in their rubber match, showed the champion is as dangerous as ever. He's been more dedicated than ever to his strength and conditioning routine, which is obvious when you just look at the guy's physique. He is shredded up like a bowl of Wheaties, which is bad news for Francis Ngannou, who traditionally struggles when his fight exits the first five minutes. Yet again, the champion is the underdog, and Ngannou sits at minus 140 as a slight favorite, with Miocic at plus 114. A testament to how many fans believe that the power of Ngannou will be the difference. Has Ngannou evolved from that first 25 minutes? Has Stipe slowed down? Well, we just see a replay of UFC 220 with Miocic's defense and grappling just proving too much for the big Cameroonian. I genuinely cannot wait to find out. Enjoy the fights. Thanks so much for watching this video, guys. Please make sure to like and subscribe. We upload at least three videos a week for you to sink your teeth into. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at OnPointMMA and Max underscore Randall. And you have yourself a lovely day.